Okay, we're down here at practice with Gary Chen Jr. Um, you know, so first off, it's right after All-Star break right now. Um, do you get a chance to go away a little bit, relax a little bit? Uh, I took a time to go down to Miami. I was down there working out for about three, four days. You know, it was cool. Get out the cold a little bit. Yeah. My toes in the sand. Get in the gym in the heat, so it was pretty cool. Do you watch All-Star Weekend? I caught a little bit of games. I watched Scotty a little bit. I yeah. watched uh, the All-Star game a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of dunk contest. Um, would you ever do three-point contests? Have they ever invited you or anything? Uh, no, I haven't really got the opportunity. You know, obviously I would love to go win it. Yeah. That'd be the goal. But, you know, the NBA, you got certain people, certain names. You know, they want to be a part of it, a part mm -hmm. of it. So, you know, that's how I go. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I know, I know a lot of people are talking about the All-Star game. They want to see it more competitive. You know, if you had an idea to make it more competitive, what do you think it would be? Because people are kind of complaining like there was no defense, although it's, it's, it's All-Star game. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, they complain about, you know, not defense, and they've been complaining. You know, that's why they made the adjustment in the rules with the quarters and, you know, the ending instead yeah. of so it's more entertaining, it's more fun. But, you know, people want to see them play hard on defense, and then some also people want to see them dunking. Do crazy stuff they don't usually do in a normal game. So you're going to win and lose. You know, you can't please everybody. You never can. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like it comes and goes too, right? Because some, some games was, like, very competitive. I feel like a couple of years ago, Kyle Lowry was taking charges in an all-star game. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. a first. So 2016 year? What year was that? 2017? What year was that? That was, like, 2020. 2020? Oh, yeah. man. Okay, okay, okay. Pascal was in that game too. I think Nick was coaching. Oh, uh, yeah. See, yeah. that's why. He was on <laughs> Nick was like, I got to pressure up. the ball. I got to exactly. show me your All eagles. That. Exactly. <laughs> All that. That's why he was doing that. All right. All right. Well, listen, I want to walk through uh, your season a little bit, right? So, you know, um, you know, you, you spoke about this, but in the offseason, you always try to come back with something new. You know, when you compare sort of, I mean, it's already, it's more than a halfway point now, but how have this season met expectations for you, you know, when you were working out in the offseason in terms of your preparation? It's the same. Everything I was trying to do, coming in, obviously, hand a little better, obviously, continue to shoot the ball at a high level. Still trying to finish around the rim, you know, trying to get the percentages up, whether it's two, whether it's three, you mm -hmm. know, trying to get higher percentages than I was last year. You know, you never want to come back the same. You always want to try to come back better and try to stay and continue playing at a high level. You know, that's always my goal. That's always what I strive to do. That's always what I try to do. Right. Now, I think one thing watching this year, especially your approach on offense, like you've been able to, over the course of your three years in Toronto, like really get to your shot more and more. And, you know, um, it's not just the jumpers, too. You've been able to get to the basket a little bit more. But I feel like your mid-range game is kind of a little bit slept on. Like you're able to get that little mid-range off uh, even when it's heavily contested. Like what goes into that? And also, do you have that green light to shoot the mid-range? Because I think a lot of, you know, coaches nowadays, like, you know, essentially that's forbidden, really. Yeah, you can say that, but, you know, Nurse does a, a good job of, you know, he lets everybody free flow mm. in a sense. He lets them play. He lets them do what they do. If Obviously, if you work on it, you can do it. But if you don't work on it, you obviously don't do it. But really just – it's just how I structured and worked on my game, obviously, with my father. You know, even starting off early on, it was always mid-ranges and trying mm. to finish around the rim and handling. You know, when we first started out, he always told me if you don't have a handle, you can't dribble, you'll never even get to a shot that right. you're trying to get to anyway. So really just the count effort of working. But in my mid-range, you know, I would say it's kind of sleep on, slept on for sure. I've always been good in the mid-range throughout my whole career, my whole life, you know, yeah. and just branched out. And as I got older and older and stronger, we started going out to the three-point line and just getting numerous reps on that as well too. But, you know, being able just to score from all three levels can really help you be dynamic on the offensive end, whether it's at the rim, whether it's mid-range, whether it's three. Guys are shooting 35-plus. You can even say it's another extended range if you want to add yep. to it for yep. some guys. So obviously – just continue to work. It's going to get better. Like I said, always add something to my game, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, the way you started this season, you know, you you were 
at your percentages of not higher. And then the last two months or so, I mean, I'm looking up the numbers. Now you're averaging like 21 points uh, on very efficient shooting, 45 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line in the last like two months. But there was that a bit of a dip in the middle there. And I'm not sure what exactly sort of went into it. I want to hear from your perspective, right? Because, you know, Nick put you on that bench as well, and he also made some comments in terms about your defense. Like, can you walk me through what happened in that stretch? Because the last two months is sort of what we've come to know you as, as a player. What happened in that month of November? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm not even sure. I don't know what we were, you know, what we were doing as a team or mm-hmm. whatever was going on, but we was just trying to figure it out. That's what we always do. No matter the month, no matter the game, we figure it out. Again, he said I was going to the bench, and... Sometimes I was playing 25 minutes and yep. 30 minutes, and it was up and down. So, you know, that could be a little factor into it, too. But, again, any opportunity, any chance I get out there, I'm going to go out there and try to help this team win in any way, shape, or form, you know. But to piggyback on what happened in November or whatever, I'm not sure. You know, it's just it's a long season, man. Everybody has their ups. Everybody has their downs. It's going to be some good, bad, or ugly, you know. Just make it yeah. work. No, I mean, I feel like you guys have been trying a lot of stuff this year, too. I think people are just kind of assuming, and I think this is probably our fault in the media, where it was like, it's the same team that we had last season brought back. You got one or two other additions, but for the most part, it's the same team. We just expect the same things to happen. But I guess, like, seasons don't really work like that. You got to, like, figure your way out through injuries and things like that. Um, while you came off that bench, you were very productive in that role, just like you're productive in the starting role. Do you have a role that you prefer? Is there any sort of difference for you in your approach or anything like that? No, I wouldn't say that. Obviously, you know, as a kid and dream, your dream is to start of course. be in the NBA, you know. But obviously, that's not everybody's fortune. That's not everybody's role. You know, you got to learn. You got to adapt. You want to survive in this league. You got to be able to play any way, anywhere, one minute, 100 minutes. For you to be the first guy, you got to know how to be the last guy. So mm-hmm. for you to do any of those things, you just got to play. got to be a good teammate. Can't really worry about none of those things and, you know, go out there and just be at peace. You feel me? Just Did you play. ever get down on yourself during that stretch? No, I wouldn't say down. Was I? Would I be mad or sad or obviously feel some type of way? Yeah. Of course. I worked my whole life for this moment. I'm yeah. going to continue to try to strive to be the best I can no matter what the situation is. So really just, you know, I wouldn't really say it was too down. It wasn't too up. You know, I don't really ever get too up or too down. Right. Stay easy selling. Everything will take care of itself. Believe in what you believe in. Work hard. Be a good person. Everything should work out for you. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a big statement too because when you got that first start, um, when you got back to the starting lineup, it was against the Suns. You dropped 35. And after that, it's kind of like, okay, it's really hard to, to make another lineup change like that when you're putting 35 on the board. But, I mean, I cl- you clearly have that body of work, and, you, you know, you've been able to, you know, lead the team in scoring quite a few times as well. You know, in terms of the rest of your game, do you feel like there are other aspects you would like to expand into or that you would like to showcase? Or I mean, obviously everyone's got to play a role on the team, and clearly, you know, you're the shooting guard, right? But at the same time, are there other aspects of your game that you sort of intentionally work on to sort of potentially, you know, expand into that down the line? Even just little different things, you know, obviously little drills that are super small and tedious but can help in a long way. Mm-hmm. Just, for example, even when we're in shooting drills and I need to work on my passing and my playmaking. So I'm throwing different type of passes with my right hand, staying locked in with my left hand, yep. trying to throw it overhead, just trying different ways to, you know, Try to get the ball out. Obviously, weaknesses and our weaknesses are things you don't really get to showcase or work on. You got to extra do it as well so you can do that. But to piggyback on what you said was just really being able to play make, you know, 
pick and roll type of thing. Really yeah. about it. Yeah, so I mean, that feels like the natural stuff for you, right? Because you're already like very established as a scorer right now, and teams are always going to start to double you. You know, I noticed, especially in that stretch in December, they were having you play as like the featured guy with the second unit at the start of the second quarter, sure. start of the fourth quarter. They ran a lot of plays for you, and a lot of the times, just based on who was on the floor, they would like, you know, you come off a screen or whatever, and two guys would be on you, and you got to make the next pass, and you know, I think that those opportunities will probably continue to come the more you develop as a scorer, right? So, um, hopefully, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure everyone's asking Nick this question. He's not really answering it, but with the the trade of Yaka Proto coming in, right? Somebody's got to go to the bench somebody, eventually. Somebody has. Do you to know go to who that's going to be? Because right now we're talking Wednesday. The game is on Thursday. We'll find out tomorrow. But man, who don't know? We I don't know. I'm not sure. But again, mm. anybody that come off the bench. Everybody gonna be ready. Right. Everybody gonna be locked in. Everybody's yeah. gonna be looking in at the bigger picture, at a bigger goal of what we're trying to accomplish here, and that's win. So, right. you know, obviously somebody gonna have to go to the bench, and somebody's minutes is obviously gonna go down as well too, along with that. So, again, just go out there, roll with the punches, play hard. You know, be a difference maker. Everybody go out there, and we'll be good. Yeah, you know, that's that's the right answer. That's 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 the right answer. Um, all right, you know, I, I want to ask you uh, about your dad as well because he comes on this program mm-hmm. like a decent number of times. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a, he, he likes us. I don't know why, but he, he likes loves us. talking. He, anybody that put a mic in his face, he gonna <laughs> he gonna talk all day. <laughs> Loves talking. Okay, well, yeah, I, because he's on the show a lot. Yeah. I want you to give us like the you know the scouting report essentially on what he's like as a you know obviously as a dad, but also as someone to who's been in your life very prominently. He's around all the time. I see him you know come to Toronto pretty frequently as well. What's he like, man? He's crazy. He's funny. Uh, he's entertaining. He's exciting. It's too many words that you could put in, you know, put them to life for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, as he, anytime he gets on these shows or he talks, he's obviously, you know, he talks from a parent's perspective. Yeah. He talks from how he sees it, in a sense, outside looking in. So some of it can be, you know, a little gas. Some could yeah. be, you know, from just an emotional parent type of thing. But, you know, he, he's cool. He's super informative. He's smart. Yeah. He know a lot. Yeah, he put me on game on everything throughout the league, life. I wouldn't be where I'm at with him today, without him today, you know. So, big up to my dad, you know, shout out G Trent Senior, man. Yo, trust <laughs> me, you don't have to tell anyone on this program, man, because every time he's on, man, people yeah. are always really thrilled and excited or whatever. No, I, I want to ask, too, because um, for you growing up, right, you, you were probably in a lot of NBA locker rooms. For sure. What was that like? You know, what was some of those experiences you remember being in those rooms, because I, I, you know, I, I mentioned this a few times on the program, but um, I listened to KG has a, his own podcast, mm-hmm. and he always asks about, you know, how little nephew's doing up there, and he's talking about you. For sure. Game, right? So what was that like growing up in NBA locker rooms? To be honest with you, it was motivating. No matter what I was yeah. doing, no matter where I was going, everything I was doing was preparing for those moments, whether it was going to see locker rooms, meeting coaches, seeing how they talking after the game, seeing mean numerous teams, numerous players, down to Yao Ming, being scared, meeting Kobe, having a chance to see LeBron, meeting different players before I actually got to the league. And then when I went to the locker room, I was just like a fly on the wall. I was listening mm-hmm. to every single thing they was doing, what they was talking about, how they were getting treatment. We would literally go from the games of watching them at the Target Center and then go straight to the court. You know, it can't be no more motivating than going out there and yeah. seeing those guys do this and that. You're in the same building. You have a realistic chance of doing that, and you just got to put in the work. And that's all we did and was really just stand with it. But, again, it was motivating. That's all I could really say, motivating. No matter what, I had to be there. I had to get there. There's even times I was telling my dad, there was even players on the roster at the time I thought I was better than, oh, yeah? even in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just was always ready, was always focused, was always, you know, trying to get to this league and stay in this league. So. 
Did you ever play like any of them one on one? I'm sure you played your dad one on one. That's different. Yeah, but. I killed him since I was about twelve. Oh, uh, twelve? Twelve. Oh, I'm, I'm twelve gonna, years I'm, old. I'm gonna ask but, him about that the next time. But he's everybody, on the but everybody else, no, I didn't really get the chance to play one on one with anybody else. But really, okay. just besides picking brains and shooting here and there, you know, I wasn't really too much. You know, also right. I was in college and tampering rules and stuff like that. So. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not trying to get you in trouble. Nah, for sure. Um, yeah, I also noticed like um, something your dad always talks uh, about when we ask him about you is he always talks about you as a brother, an older brother, because right? you got a big gap between you and your younger siblings, right? For sure. Um, and you know, it's in a way. I mean, obviously they're they're your siblings, they're your brothers, but at the same time, like you're their mentor, right? You're so significant to them. They're probably going to copy everything you do. What kind of example you want to set? for them as, as an older sibling? Just as an older sibling, I would just, you know, nothing basketball related, because, you know, obviously I can help them here and there, but if yeah. they need, but really just how to stay focused, you know, what to look out for, what to watch out for, uh, just how to navigate through life. You know, that's really the main thing that I really try to help them with, down to everything, down to knowing where they live, mm -hmm. down to knowing who they are, down to knowing their skin color, who they are, where they walk around outside, how they're perceived, how they need to carry themselves, everything. So just everything a big brother's supposed to do. If they got any questions, comments, concerns, they can hit me up at any time. You know, just like brothers, we fight, play games, yeah. do all types of stuff. So, yeah. That's but real. I love being a big brother for sure. That's real. All right, they're giving me the wrap-up signal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition to rapid fire. So just give me some quick uh, answers to these ones, all right? First one, what's the biggest misconception that people have about your game? People, I'll say the biggest misconception people have on my game is that, yes, they'll say I'm a shooter. Yes, I can shoot. They'll label me as a shooter, but I feel like I am a scorer that can shoot. When you shoot mm. the basketball at a high level from the three-point line, they just want to label you as a shooter. When I think shooter, I think J.J. Redick, Kyle Culver. Mm. I would like to say I am a scorer that can shoot. Right. For sure. Okay. Um, next question here. Top three hardest. And I have good defense, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say top three hardest players to guard at your position. At the two spot? Yeah. Ooh, at my position. It's a lot of talented guys in this league, man. Mm -hmm. But if we want to start, I don't know if you want to come with one or two, but sure. I would say yeah. James Harden and just okay. his ability to get calls and create space. I ain't even got my position. I got the hardest to guard for you. I could say Zion Williamson, the oh, same man. thing. Just How does big... anyone guard him, man? I feel top... like people just bounce off of him. He's too strong. On top of bouncing off of him and on top of that whistle that he gets, it's yeah. crazy. You know, it's probably going to be a foul either other time. He drives yeah. to the rim, you could call something. So that's crazy. And I would say the same thing with him and Embiid. <laughs> All right, all right. Those are pretty good. We good, we good. All right, I'm going to tell them that we're good. You know, I got to ask this. Vintage or designer? If you got to only wear one. What about vintage designer? Is there a vintage designer? I don't even know. Clearly, I don't know. There could be some vintage designer. It could be vintage designer, for for example, if a brand dropped a chrome hard or got a 1995 bag I might have. That's I would say that's vintage. All right, all right. You're the person to ask for this. Um, best with the ox court in the locker room. I feel like everyone always asks us a little bit. Mm -hmm. Everybody got different tastes in music, but I would say for good vibes, and, yeah. you know, I would give it to CB. You know, he got the island vibes, so it's cool. Okay. I would say CB play the island vibes. All you right. Know? OG, though, and he be throwing uh, the weekend EDM in there, too. EDM. EDM the weekend, but it'd be like a remix. I'm not joking. Okay. Yeah, but it's, right, it's, it's his vibe, though. 
Yeah, OG's weird <laughs> with everything, man. Um, why, speaking of weird, why you always wear the jersey backwards in practice? Backwards? I, sometimes it's not even yours. Like, right now, you got the number eight on, man. You got you got Ron Harper's man, jersey. Man, shout out Ron Harper Jr., man. But, you know, I don't even know. I ain't even noticed I had to throw the wrong jersey you, on. This, you always this put just it on backwards. This is just the one why. they threw me. I ain't even know it was backwards. Neither. Okay. I thought this was the right way. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Two more, two more. Um, if you weren't in the NBA right now, what, what job would you be doing? If I was not in the NBA right now, I would probably still try to find some way to be around the game and still involved with the game. So if it's not coaching or playing, it would obviously be probably helping players get back through sports injuries, probably physical okay. therapy type of thing that I would have been on. Exactly. In that type of field, you know, if I to still stay close to the game and connected if I wasn't fortunate enough to play it. All right, last one, because your dad grilled me about this. Who is the GOAT rapper? Well, first off, before I answer this, what did he what did he grill you with? What did he say? Okay. So I answered I answered like early Kanye. I really liked early Kanye. That was the same part of that was the part of my life that I really was yeah. listening to most rap. He came back at me and was like, it's gotta be Jay. And he pressed me. He loved Jay-Z, bro. He pressed me hard he on loved Jay-Z. So I need to hear your go rapper before we go. My go rapper, since I was a youngin', this was not when I came to Toronto. This yeah. is years before Toronto. Anybody that's went into a booth and composed music, wrote lyrics, tried to rap, to me, the GOAT is Drake. There's, okay. There's nobody that's that's better than him that can sing, that can rap, that can tap into unlimited yeah. music genres to island vibes to rapping to singing to all across the board. Nobody has done that. So anybody that's ever picked up a pen or pad, I honestly think Drake is the greatest ever. Have you debated sure. your dad about this? Because he, he, he well, pressed me when I said, when for I said sure. Kanye, he which gone, was a valid choice, I think. Kanye is valid. You know, yeah. Kanye is cool. You know, he, he had the super early on. Kanye was going yeah, crazy. backpack, polos. All that. that. Had everybody wearing them, too. So, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Drake, he the GOAT, bro. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody with him. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate Gary you. Gary Trent Jr., good luck on the rest of the season. Appreciate Thanks you. Love. Time. Thank you.